Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude, Johnny Nani, and we are here to recap Chicago White Sox win over the Cleveland Indians 4-3. to three. Before we do that, be sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at Socks on Tap, at Ontap Sportsnet. Following Johnny, at Nani Johnny. Follow me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five-star rating and review, because that's cool and tough. And if you need any, and I mean any, cool and tough White Sox merch, check, check out Grandstand. You can follow them on socials at Grandstand Socks. Go to GrandstandSocks.com. They have a great selection for all your White Sox or Chicago sports needs. Johnny, second pot of the night for me, man. I just did a depressing one. Let's do a happy one because I need happiness before I go to bed. Yeah, yeah, Buzz, you need a little serotonin boost, and I'm here. I'm here to help provide it for you because uh, White Sox, uh, finally, we are on the uh, board here. Back in the win column, uh, good to say that, finally, especially after uh, the way that Sunday's game went down that Tony and I recapped. So, Buzz, looking forward to breaking down um, an actual winner, Sox winner here. With yeah, you. and absolutely, we needed it. We moved to 5-5 five and five on the season, Johnny. We're back at 500, thank God. Um, you know, Only half back- came back at first. Right. Half game back at first, you know, 10 games into the season here. It's been we've already had an episode uh, titled Roller Coaster. Um, You know, it's been kind of up and down so far uh, this young season. But we're going to talk about the good things that happened. You know, the White Sox win tonight. There was a little bit of scrutiny or not scrutiny, a little bit of uh, I can't even think of the right adversity. Adversity. Thank you, because I'm just so. Brains are fried, (laughs) short circulating. Yeah, I was scrutinizing the Bulls. That's why I uh, said probably that came to my my mind. But, you know, the White Sox find a way to win this game. They go down early. They come back relatively quickly, and uh, they win this ball game. So let's get right into it, man. Yeah, let's start out and uh, let's talk about the scenario coming into this one, Buzz. It was supposed to be Carlos Rodande. Uh, We had previewed that out, um, and that was what was up next in the rotation. Um, that was not the case because Carlos wrote on stomach. It was bothering him uh, this afternoon. So, um, you know, there were some kind of rumors floating around there early, and then it was officially confirmed. Uh, Dallas Keuchel on the post-game show when they interviewed him said that he found out about uh, 5 o'clock or so that he was starting. So that's a quick turnaround time to get ready for a game here, Buzz. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I was kind of surprised. I thought we were going to see Giolito, Johnny. I thought that would have probably made more sense. And, uh, you know, but... Dallas Keuchel ends up, you know, going on the bump there. And I guess it was like a a stomach bug they had Mm -hmm. said with Rodon or something like that. So I'm hoping he's all right. Like I'm hoping that, you know, this is, this was just a little bug and he's just sick and he's not going to miss any time because I was truth be told, Johnny, I was really looking forward to watching him pitch tonight. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the last time out was good uh, when he when he had a start in Seattle. So um, you were kind of like looking to see if he could build on that against a little bit tougher overall test because the Mariners are just kind of where they're at with their injuries and where they're at in the stage of their development and rebuild and all that. So Indians would obviously be a little bit tougher test. So uh, that was not the case, though. It was not meant to be tonight with Carlos Rodon. Um, we got uh, Dallas Keuchel uh, taking this one, and uh, you talked about going down early in this one. So um, it, with that, it was in the top of the second inning, uh, and – Fran Reyes was hit by a pitch. Uh, ball barely skimmed his knee. They had to review it. Um, eventually, uh, gets awarded first base. And uh, it was Rosario with a two-run home run after this. Um, Buzz, yeah, it, you don't like to go down like that. But I will say, I did enjoy Dallas Keuchel's kind of bounce back through those middle innings then. Because after that home run, um, you know, he still had to get outs in that inning. He shut down 12 in a row, 12 Indians Bears in a row. So there were no hiccups after that. So sure, you can criticize the earlier one. And then obviously he said himself, he didn't even throw a competitive pitch once he got to the sixth inning, but we'll get there. So thoughts on the uh, kind of stabilization after uh, the early adversity for Keuchel. Well, that's what a good veteran and former Cy Young winner does. You know, I mean, he comes out, he gets rocked a little bit early there. He knows the Sox are in desperate need of a win. You know, obviously, being a game under five, I don't want to say desperate, but, you know, you want to get back on track, Johnny. It's just been an inconsistent ball being played by them all year. So, you know, in this young 10 games here, but he came out and he did what he had to do. He he got the outs. He was able to move forward. And like you had said, you know, I, I, I was kind of surprised at, at the quick fall off there. And I think he had, you know, good rest. So I was kind of surprised by the fall off and he had a couple walks there. Um and he ends up getting pulled, but for the 12 up and the 12 down that he was able to get after the home run was let up, you know, and getting out of those innings, that was, that was huge. And that was what we needed. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I can cut some slack today uh, because of just the quick, you know, um, notice on that uh, obviously did not, you know, go in like, you know, it's different pitchers of uh, preparing mentally and physically on the day of a start, as opposed to uh, a day where they're continuing their work. You know, you just threw a bullpen session the other day. So that's usually not something they would do uh, the day before that they are starting an actual game. So I can cut some slack here, but ideally um, down the stretch when things are you know back to normal and it's not a last minute start like this you do want to see these guys go deeper and not run out of gas uh come the sixth inning because uh you know we saw how effective it can be in Lance Lynn uh, I think you know obviously the complete game on the home opener uh that was excellent not everyone's going to have that every time but uh you know like Steven said on previous shows here you want to get up into those you know 18 outs like you know that that like kind of you know range there so uh, I think I think we can uh, at least chalk it up as you know Tony Lursa said as well uh, that Keuchel uh, his performance today was you know just kind of gutsy uh, with doing that on short notice so um, let's get because uh, you know excuse me continue with some scoring here uh, the White Sox would answer fairly quickly and it was Adam Eaton doing it again just like he did on Sunday buzz uh, Nick Williams let off with a walk uh, Larry Garcia flew out and then Mendick walked as well setting up Adam Eaton for a three-run home run when I put out the highlight from Sox on tap i had said he's making you know basically all of socks twitter eat their offseason words me included and i'm glad to do so well you have to be i mean through 10 games in the season johnny i mean would you have guessed that our friend adam eaton is leading the team in home runs no, i wouldn't no i way. wouldn't have no. i wouldn't have guessed that been a <laughs> guessed, for me. yeah yeah i wouldn't have guessed that at all i mean he he has had some big ass hits he's been you know in opportune times and it's been great so I'll take that all day. I I, I was really happy because when we did go down, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if it was just because of the other game that was going on and, and you know, my juju was just falling like really fast. 
I'm like, oh my God, they're down two nothing already. Like, where are we going to find offense? We haven't had a ton of offense. What's going to happen here? Two runners get on. Eaton hits the home run. I felt a lot, a lot better. And I'm just really glad that he's playing well. And I'm glad he's putting the bat on the ball and getting more comfortable in the batter's box and doing. I mean, he's a proven veteran, Johnny, at the end of the day. And me and you might have not been excited about the signing. And, you know, obviously still, again, I've said it like nine times a young season still, but he he helped he provided us the runs to win this game today besides yeah. the blunder at the end you know yeah and you know he is a gamer so i will give him that there you can never you, you can maybe question uh his trends in peripherals when it comes to numbers wise uh and if he was going to trend downward or regress or anything like that this year you can always question that uh but you can't question the guy's heart and that's kind of like a meatball thing to say here but it's true <laughs> the guy's a gamer he's competitive um and obviously he has come up clutch and produced the last two days so you can't even be mad about that uh from a production standpoint so yes that pie guy duke spanky uh spanky gave the white Sox the lead here and that was the bottom of the third um, all right, l- let's get into this top of the six because this is where a little bit of adversity crept in uh, and the Indians would eventually tie this thing back up. Uh, this is Dallas Keuchel, and this is where he said he started to make pitches that were basically not competitive uh, in this one. He said he ran out of gas. Those, those are words directly from him. So Chang leads off with the walk. Uh, Luplo singles to follow him, and Hernandez walks. Bases are loaded here, and uh, Tony Larusa gets the hook out, brings Evan Marshall into the game, and... Um, you know, the way that this unfolded was uh, he struck out Ramirez, which was a huge, huge uh, sequence there. We'll break that down a little bit more. And then Franmil Reyes, it's a sack fly to eventually tie this thing at 3-3. But that is all the dam- damage that Evan Marshall would let up because Rosario flew out uh, to end that kind of threat there. It certainly could have been more for the Indians there, Buzz. Um, but, I, you know, sure, you would have liked to stay in the lead and somehow finagle your way out of that uh, kind of like El Duque style. Uh, but that was not to be in the cards tonight. And either way, though, that's still a really nails uh situation that marshall was thrown into and performed well in so that's nice to see uh, especially after some you know uh, questionable performances earlier in the season so good to see him kind of getting back to the evan marshall we know and love well that uh, is exactly took the words out of my mouth this is the evan marshall that we've had since 2019 you know like that's the evan marshall that we've had who does good work who does his thing and i'm just i'm super super happy for him he even said himself after the game johnny that this was like the most locked in or this is what the bullpen should look like. I don't have the exact quote pulled up in front of me, but he did. It was something along those lines that he felt comfortable when he went in, got some big outs, got us out of that jam with minimal damage done. And, you know, Reyes who hit that fly ball to center field. I mean, that dude's a power hitter. Like as soon as it came off his bat, I was scared shitless. I don't know about you. I was like, Oh my God, dude. Yeah, Especially after seeing the Santana home run, you know, yesterday. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, him coming out, coming out there, you know, Tony Larusa going to him in that situation. I, obviously, you know, you got to praise him for when he makes good decisions. It was a good decision. We get out of it and pretty much unscathed. Yeah, for sure. Um, just one further note here, because uh, this was a bat that is usually potent for the Indians that was quiet. I talked about a uh, pitch in there. Obviously, uh, you know, Reyes drove in the run, but uh, Ramirez had an excellent opportunity. I mean, no, but nobody out bases loaded there. That is a situation that he should thrive in. Uh, but Marshall able to get him uh, rung up. And on the day, uh, Jose Ramirez 0 for 4, grounded into a double play and struck out twice. So 
kudos to the White Sox pitching staff for shutting down the Indians' best hitter uh, by far. So, Buzz, we, we've talked about stuff that's fairly good. You know, obviously, I'd have a few little blips here. Uh, nothing completely egregious, though. Now we're going to get egregious, and that is the bottom of the six uh, because we thought this was going to be a same old story, runners in scoring position. And for the time being, um, at this, you know, after the bottom of the six uh, concluded, that was the case, and everybody's, you know, all uh, really upset, and I was one of those, too. So Robert leads off with a double. Can't ask for anything better than that because you have the heart of the order coming up. Um, Abreu walks and Moncada singles, but that doesn't score him. Uh, so bases are loaded there. Yerman strikes out, and then Yasmani Grandal grounds into a double play. Never had a chance just because of his speed. Um, I put in the notes here, Buzz, absolutely fucking unacceptable. We just got to start hitting with runners in scoring position, and I'm sick of having to harp on it every game. Now, as you know, I was like, I was in the middle of two games at one time. I was def- I was paying attention during that sequence. I threw out a tweet during it, like maybe one day they'll learn how to score with runners in scoring position. Um, when Makata hit that single, I have to go back and watch it. But did that look like a line, like a straight line drive that was going to go to second base and be caught? Because Luis Robert stutter stepped. Did you see that? Like he went to go take yeah. off for a third. He kind of came back. Then he went to third. I mean, I don't know if he would have. Was that the right call by him? You know what? I I didn't see the exact kind of like Luis Robert like stutter step there. Um, but I, you would think that with a guy with that speed, just naturally, when you think a single goes out there, a guy who's such a burner like that, one of the fastest guys on the team, maybe besides Tim Anderson, should be able to score on that. So I don't know exactly what happened there, Buzz. Uh, but either way, it, it was costly. It was uh, like because... this weird stutter step, Nani, like where he went to go back to second base, and I I couldn't like help if it was like in his head because he got caught in a similar situation earlier in the season where the ball was hit to second base and he was leaning off that bag and it was caught. It was like a liner, and then he got thrown out at second. You know because he didn't tag back up, obviously, you know, he wasn't, he didn't get back to the bag quick enough. So I don't know if it was like a mental little thing from him, but he gets to third. And like you had just pointed out, Yerman strikes out, Grandal hit, you know, hits into the double play and it's just deflating. You're not going to get opportunities like that with the bases loaded with no outs in a tied ball game. Johnny, you have to capitalize somehow, some way you have to figure it out. And over and over again, this season, we have, they have not done it. They just haven't, John. Sorry about and, that. Back you out there. But yeah, no, I, I agree. They just haven't done it yet. We have not seen it yet. So it's, uh, you know, something that we're still going to be searching for. And uh, fortunately, uh, it was not a situation, really, uh, runners in scoring position, heavy situation in the ninth where the White Sox would eventually win. Um, so uh, we, we'll, we'll get there, though. I just want to touch a little bit on the top of the seventh there um, because Marshall, Kate Up, Rosar, Ahmad, Ahmed Rosario uh, to start that uh, and then Bummer comes into the game strikes out Naylor but then um, you know if there's one thing here with uh, you know the White Sox bullpen it's maybe Aaron Bummer hasn't been as outstanding as he was uh, so far and it could just be a thing of easing into the season and uh, you know just early issues, maybe the cold too, uh, who knows, but uh, either way, um, we needed to have uh, Cody Hoyer come in and he pitched some really big innings at the end there. Um, so I wanted to give props to Cody Hoyer because, you know, uh, no adversity for him, really. I uh, only had a couple base runners, I think, in total, um, and he was able to lock him down over two and a third. Uh, Bummer only doing the one third there, um, but still uh, no runs credited to him. But I just wanted to, you know, uh, point that out because when one guy is down like that, Aaron Bummer, it's nice to see another guy step up and pick up the slack and Cody Oh, I definitely agree with you. I'm just, I'm kind of shocked a little bit, Johnny, at at Bummer right now. I just, I is it a confidence thing? Is he hurt? There was a point where I was mm-hmm. gonna, 
actually throw in our group text. Well, it was hurt last year. So. Right, exactly. Like there was a part in, in our group chat where I was going to text you in the game when he had thrown a pitch and he walked off the mound. I felt like he stiffened up. I could be completely off on that. I could be completely wrong. It just kind of looked like that to me. Yeah. And then he came out a batter after that. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know if he's struggling with something. I don't know if it's just not there for him right now, but we know what Aaron Bummer has, and it's going to come around. If, if he's healthy, it's going to come around yeah. eventually. But, yeah, to your point with Hoyer, absolute nails, Johnny. Two and a third, four strikeouts, let up one hit. That's it. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic tonight. Yeah. And, you know, I love I love me some Cody Hoyer. I think it's awesome that, you know, he's so like skinny and he just like throws smoke. Um, it's awesome. And the changeup is working really well for him tonight. So um, let's get down to the final of how this thing actually concluded. Buzz in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Yerman Mercedes. It's a one out single to start things off. Nick Madrigal pinch runs for him. Uh, Yasmani Grandal walks. Uh, what one of the things he's best at. And then. The weird walk-off, why the title of this episode is what it is. Nick Williams hits a ground ball to first base. That probably should be a double play, or the first baseman should just go to first and guarantee the one out um, to start there. But (laughs) ball gets thrown down to second base. Yasmani Grandal is running right there. Hits off his helmet, deflects into short left field diagonally, and Nick Madrigal was already, you know, pumping around the bases, so not even a throw to be had at home plate. White Sox win 4-3 in one of the weirdest fashions. You know, Tony Larusso, who's been around the game forever, in the postgame show they asked him, said he's never seen anything like that. That's great. I love baseball. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like the only thing that could happen to the White Sox right now to get us a W. Something's crazy like that. And it was, it was absolutely crazy. It was... <laughs> I would have went. I would have been if that was like the shoe on the other foot, Johnny. I would have been throwing a major bitch fit if that was like. And the socks were in that situation instead of taking, like you said, that guaranteed out there at first. I would have thrown a fit, dude. I would have lost my mind. Nick Williams is pretty speedy. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why are you going for the double play there? I, 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 I don't really get it. I get, I get being aggressive, but it, it backfired, and that just cost them a game. So yeah. I, I'll, t- I'll take the win anyway and get it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and that was another thing Tony said on the post game as well, and that was that it's nice that we finally got one of these to kind of go our way because uh, it seems like when the ball is bouncing around and shit, it's usually at the fault of the White Sox. So um, it is nice to see uh, maybe capitalize on some errors of the other teams. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you just get a little lucky. You know, there's a combination of skill and some luck. That's just life in general, I think. So um, White Sox able to take full advantage of that tonight. Um, like you'd mentioned, five and five. Now we're back to 500, baby. Let's go. Um, and a half game out of first uh, place in the AL Central and Buzz man now now that we've recapped this one here uh, we're talking about a prime pitching matchup tomorrow Tuesday night Lucas Giolito versus Shane Bieber I'm going to be in attendance I can't wait this this is going to be a gem on both sides that is two aces going at it with two struggling offenses right now this is going to be a huge pitching matchup, and whoever makes a mistake first, their team is going to greatly benefit. And that's that's just what I'm sticking to, unless like they somehow mm-hmm. get the baseball gods, you know, grant them, you know, a hot streak or something like that. Because I mean, it's going to be a, a duel tomorrow. Bieber, zero and one right now, three point six five ERA, twelve and a third, twelve and a third pitched. He's got twenty four strikeouts to seven walks. He's let up two home runs on the year, let up eight hits. Lucas Giolito, 1-0, 4-2-2 ERA, 10 and uh, two-third innings pitch there, 
six hits he's let up. He's got 18 strikeouts to his three walks. He's let up one long ball. So that's the matchup for tomorrow, Johnny. Yeah, and you know Bieber has struck out in over his two starts. Uh, he has struck out 12 in each of them. So you would expect, honestly, uh, I hope it's lower. I hope the White Sox are able to uh, do a little something against him. But I would expect that to be right around there. And you know Lucas Giolito is going to get his as well. Um, so I, like you said, I, I just can't wait. It's going to be a battle of aces there. Um, one thing that does kind of stand out to me so far. Uh, hopefully Lucas is ready to bring it and go a little bit longer because um, some to no fault of his own, but. But uh, he has only gone into that, you know, five to five point one, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Bieber is in the six and six point one range uh, for his starts in the innings thrown there. So and that's another thing that, you know, the Indians are wanting from him too to go a little bit deeper in games uh, than he did last year. And then he has even earlier this year. That's certainly something we'll be looking for uh, for Lucas Giolito. So um, I think these two guys, they're going to they're going to be competitive. They're going to be getting after it. They're two of the best in the sport, best in their own league there. Uh, and they're the same division too so uh it's gonna be uh you know this is like a prime time matchup like a prime time saturday night game that you would have on or a sunday night game i guess in baseball terms uh happening here on a tuesday night uh, i can't wait i'm hoping tomorrow johnny and you know i never like try bitching about the lineups um but tomorrow i'm kind of hoping that we see guys that will work account decently and nothing to take away from nick williams at all he's been actually pretty decent really um but I'd like to see Madrigal and Vaughn in. And, and the reason why is I feel those guys can work counts and they're going to, you know, wait for their pitches to come. And that's obviously Shane Bieber's a fucking monster, but I, I just want to see those two guys, guys in the lineup tomorrow, because if you can have a good eye in there and really challenge him to bring his best stuff throughout your whole entire lineup and not have any holes there just to challenge him a bit. That's what I want to see tomorrow. I don't want to see any, you know, I don't want to sound ignorant, man, but any easy, yeah, opponent, easy, any e- easy at bats, you know, yeah, things that are seemingly easy out. So I know what you're saying. So, right. um, that, that would for me also include Yasmani Grandal in there. Um, I, I think that should be the case. I, I hope it is, but uh, you never know. Seems like there's some weird shit going on, um, between uh, like anytime they can weasel him out of uh, not having to catch Lucas Giolito because Giolito doesn't want it or whatever. They don't work well together or something like that. I don't see how that could ever be an issue, but it just seems like it on days when Giolito starting it ends up going uh, elsewhere there, but uh, either way, I, I hope he's in the lineup. Like you'd say for those, uh, you know, uh, plate vision skills. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and like I said, maybe there's also, I said it before on yesterday's show, maybe there is something going on. That's uh, the shinner is a little bit more, um, you know, tender than we know or they were leading on to with Yasmani Grandal. So that could be the case for why he's sitting out more um, early on in the season, but I would like to see him getting uh, more consistent playing time here. Like you said, uh, you just want to have your best bats in the lineup, but guess one of the best pitchers in the game. So that's about all I've got for this one, Buzz. Uh, you got any final thoughts here? No, I, oh, I don't know. Well, we need pick to click too. Oh yeah. We, got, we do have to do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll start with the pick to click uh, tomorrow. If he does play, I'm going to go Andrew Vaughn tomorrow. Um, if he does play the game, if not, we'll just throw it in, you know, we'll, we always release it before the game. Our picks to click five to switch it on the fly. I'll switch it on the fly, but I'd like to take Andrew Vaughn tomorrow. I'd like to see him up against one of the best pitchers in major league baseball and see what he could do. All right. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Um, let's see. I am going to go with, uh, Adam Eaton. Why not? He's hot. So that, that's my only reasoning for it. We'll go with Adam Eaton. Um, but other than that, Buzz, that, that is about all I've got for this one. If you want to let the people know where to find us once again. Absolutely. Everybody be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for other Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap. 
at ONTAP Sportsnet. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five-star rating and review because that's cool and tough. Any White Sox apparel, any Chicago sports apparel that you need, check out Grandstand Socks on socials or go to grandstandsocks.com. Great selection. Absolutely great selection of anything, any team that you need. So check them out. And I guess we'll just say, man, let's get that dub tomorrow. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.